If you take your Bibles now and turn um, to the first book of the Bible, Genesis, Mark um, Lilge read in the first uh, in the uh, scripture reading from chapter two, a part of the creation story. And now we want to look at chapter three, another aspect um, to work. We saw in the uh, in his creation that he made Adam and then Eve to work the garden, and so that was that was a the good part of his creation. You remember after after everything he created, he always paused and said, "This is good." Well, making Adam and Eve was good, and making them to work was good. And some of you are thinking, "My work's not so good." And in chapter three, we find out why our work isn't always so good. Um, look at Genesis chapter three, verse twelve. Genesis three, uh, excuse me, uh, seventeen. Genesis three seventeen. To Adam, he said, this is after he had already uh, spoken uh, to the serpent who had tricked Eve. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you'll eat of it. All the days of your life, it will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your brow. You will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken for dust. You are and to dust you will return. That was a bad day. And we've been feeling the consequences of it. Ever since we were born, you heard some of the children this morning talking about their jobs and some of you making them clean the entire house. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll look at the tape on that one and get back with some of you on that. But think about your jobs or jobs that you've had and the negative aspects to those jobs. You know, our son Sam is not here this morning, but some of you remember something that happened a number of years ago when he was about in fifth grade. And um, one of his jobs in our, in our house was helping me with the pine straw. And on this particular day, it fell on the day that I got a call from his teacher that he hadn't been behaving so well. And so not only did he get to help me do the pine straw, he got to do all the pine straw that day. I think it was 27 bales. And um, by the end of that, uh, he was a dusty mess. And he looked at me and he said, I know why you adopted me. You needed a slave. <laughs> um, that was his view of work that day. It had a negative aspect to it. It, it. The work caused him to sweat. And the sweat caused all that dust from the pine straw to stick to him. And so not only was it sticky and, and pointy and, and hurting his back from bending over, but it was just sweaty and nasty. And we have Adam and Eve and all of us who have followed in their footsteps to blame. What are some of the nasty aspects to your work? You know, some of your work doesn't involve thistles and thorns. 
Some of it involves the thistles and thorns of coworkers or bosses or employees. And on and on it might go. A, 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 a government that sometimes we wonder if it's working against us in, in trying to be productive in our work and in all different kinds of things. We have all different ways of looking at things, but there, it, it, every job, every job, has its negative aspects to it. Even the jobs of our children working in our homes has those negative aspects to it. And we find that this is the birth of those negative aspects. But this isn't the end of the story on work. As God proclaimed that curse, that judgment on the sin of Adam and Eve, and part of it reflected on work, He also gave us an opportunity to redeem the work. And one of the, one of the best pictures of that is found in Ephesians chapter 6. And so I'd like you to take your Bibles and turn in the New Testament to Ephesians chapter 6. Very close to one of the passages that we looked at last week in regard to our, our fight against Satan and his demons. Just before the Apostle Paul writes about the defense that God gives us against Satan and the demons. He's, he talks about work. And he talks about the worst kind of work. You think you have some really bad aspects to your jobs. And, and kids, you think sometimes your parents are giving you really tough jobs. This particular passage talks about the worst kind of work. He says now in verse 5 of Ephesians chapter 6, Slaves, and if you were a slave in the church at Ephesus and you heard the elder that was reading the passage from the letter that Paul had just sent and you hear the word slaves, oh, is this the day the Apostle Paul is going to let us know that he wants all of our masters to free us? Slaves, they, their, their eyebrows raised, their, their attention, you know, Perked up. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but like slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men. Because you know that the Lord will reward you for whatever good he does, whether he is slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. Well, I'm sure in a certain respect, the slave's heart sank as he as the, this word was read. But as they thought about it, as they listened to what he said, and we can listen to it too this morning, even though none of us are slaves, even though at one time, you know, some of our children feel like they might be slaves. Sometimes we feel like we might be slaves, stuck in, in jobs that we're not that crazy about or circumstances that it doesn't seem like we can get out of. But to look at this passage, and even though none of us fit the category of slaves, we all fit the category of workers in difficult circumstances. No matter what our jobs are, 
volunteer-wise, professionally, vocationally, it doesn't matter. We all find ourselves in difficult circumstances. And here he shows us how to redeem the curse that's on our work. Even the curse, I mean, this is, again, the worst kind of work, this, this work of slavery. But whatever our work, let's remember that we can do it as if we're serving the Lord Jesus Christ himself. How well am I going to make my, de- my bed today, kids? How well am I going to do it? Well, I don't know if mom's going to look that close today. So I might not make, I might not even worry about the undersheets. I'll just take care of the top and make sure it looks good. She'll never know. Or maybe your dad does the bed inspections. He'll never know. But guess who knows? The one that you're really serving, kids. The one that you're really making that bed for, kids. The Lord Jesus Christ himself. He'll know. And he also will reward you like your parents do. But even better, he will reward you with eternal rewards if you do that job well for him. And of course, this isn't just a message um, for our young people. We're all in that circumstance. We're all in that situation on our jobs, in our jobs, in our volunteering work whatever that work is, in our homework, you know, our yard work, our housework, whatever it is. And sometimes it just feels like drudgery until we remember that we're not just doing this job to make some money so that we can feed our families. We're not just doing this job to use the, the gifts and talents that we have to, to, to get some satisfaction in, in, in using our, our, our abilities um, to, to show people what we can do. We're not just doing this job to get the attention of, of somebody else who, who might see us and, and want to give us a better job. We're not just doing it for those things, although all those things are part of it. The most important thing that we can recognize and realize about our jobs, about our work, whatever that work is, is that we can and we must do it as if we were doing it for the Lord Jesus because that's what we're doing. We're not pretending. That's reality. He cares about this aspect of our lives. As we celebrate with the rest of our country Labor Day, which we talk very little about what that really is, and we do have a lot to be thankful for concerning labor in the United States of America. It hasn't always been like this. And again, it could be better, but it could also be a lot worse. You know, there were days in this country, the United States of America, where children were working in factories for 12 and 14 hours a day, seven days a week, 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds. And we thank God that that's changed. Now, we're not all in favor of every aspect of regulation and all the different things in our government and the labor unions and all those kind of things. But some good things have happened over the years to, to allow us to not have those kind of conditions for our workers. And that was just one example of it. But no matter what kind of job we have, we have this opportunity to redeem work to the place that it deserves to be. It's a good thing. 
There was nothing wrong with work when God made Adam and Eve. And he said, hey, I want you to take care of this garden. There was nothing wrong with it. There was no no negative aspect to it. The The negativity came with sin, and it's blossomed into what we now experience in the terrible aspects of all of our work. But we remember now, according to God's word, as he speaks to these who have the worst kinds of jobs, that we can do our work, whatever it is, for God's glory. As if we're serving him, because that is what we're doing. I like the summary uh, that the Apostle Paul gives in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Turn, uh, turn back a couple of uh, uh, letters to 1 Corinthians 15. And look what the Apostle Paul says about our work. 1 Corinthians 15, which every time you hear that reference, you should think resurrection. Okay, remember, that's the resurrection chapter. It's a great, great chapter on the resurrection of Christ and and our own resurrection um, because of our faith in Christ. But at the end of that chapter, verse 58, look what he says. Speaking of of the glorious resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and all of his people, the assurance that we have of that through faith in him. He says, therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Now when he says the work of the Lord, when he says our labor in the Lord, is he only talking about church work, the work that we do here? And a lot of us do a lot of work here. Some of us get paid for it, some of us don't. But all of us, according to God's word, will receive a reward for it. Because our labor in the Lord is not in vain. There will be results. There will be fruit. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Last night at uh, Monica Andre's um, wedding, uh, one of her Sunday school teachers was there and was reminiscing on how old she was when she first started coming to Midway. She was just a little girl. And many of you taught her in Sunday school or in preschool, in youth. And last night, she said her vows to this guy. And thank the Lord, because of her parents' encouragement, because of the encouragement of her teachers here and, and, and church family here, she was wise enough and obedient enough to, to God's word and will that she chose not just a guy, but a guy who also loves the Lord, a guy who also has put his trust in Jesus Christ and has committed himself to following Christ all his life. And what a, what a great celebration when two young people like that come together. But many of you, and, and lots of you don't realize it, but many of you had a part in that work in her life. Just like you're having a part in the work of young lives that are, that are here this morning, that are here now. 
Their days, their days like that are coming. And we have the opportunity to do that labor in the Lord here at Midway Community Church, recognizing that that labor is not going to be in vain. Good things are going to come from the teaching of God's Word, from the instruction of God's Word into the, into the young lives. But that, that I don't think is the only kind of labor in the Lord that he's talking about. And I don't think he's just talking about our church service, our church work. Although, again, it's, it's a lot of work. And some of you can attest to that. A lot of work has gone on this morning to have this service. You know, some are serving children right now over there. Some are serving children right now over here. Some have been here working all morning to get things ready for the for the the praise team to lead us in the songs of worship that we've been singing. It's a lot of work. The, the, the stuff that took place on the stage during the during the worship time didn't just happen. A lot of work went into it. Somebody was here making the coffee that some of you enjoyed already this morning. Somebody got here early so there would be somebody to say hi to folks as they were coming in. A lot of work goes on every week, all week. The, the place looks beautiful. A lot of that's because a lot of people do a lot of work. But I don't think he's only speaking when he says your labor in the Lord is not in vain. I think he's speaking about all of our work that we recognize is the labor for the Lord. All of our work, whatever it might be. If we're not doing it for the Lord, then we're not doing it like we're supposed to be doing it. And if we do it for the Lord, if we recognize that all of our work is a labor of the Lord for the Lord, then we will receive these rewards that he's talking about for all of that work. So it's not just for a paycheck now, it's for a paycheck later. I was thinking about um, Vicky and Wyatt and Bill Thompson and the rest of that go team this week. And I was thinking about um, Brian Weil and, and Mark Lilge who went on the other go, one of the other go teams earlier in the summer. And just w- how great it's going to be for those who participated in that, in those trips when they're entering into glory and they're, um, and they're being welcomed that there will be some St. Ivers. I don't know if that's what, St. Ives people are called, but could be. Um, there'll be from folks from St. From Ives who will greet them and say thank you. And they'll say, you were, and they'll say, you came to our door one day. And you explained the gospel of John that had, had come a few days before. And we gave our lives to Christ. Do you think Wyatt and Vicky and Bill and Mark and Brian will be glad they took that week and a half and made that trip. Yeah, they're going to be pretty. They're going to be pretty pumped about having done that. Just like those of us who recognize that the work that we're doing, even in what we would re- refer to as a secular workplace, those of us who took that serious and started serving the Lord there instead of just serving our company, instead of just working for a paycheck, instead of just getting through the day, instead of just getting through a career, those of us who took that seriously and started serving the Lord there are going to find those kinds of eternal rewards for that daily service too. Not just special mission trip service, not just special Sunday service, but everyday service. We're going to find that when we get to glory, 
Not only are we going to receive rewards because we are honoring God in all of that, we're going to receive also the reward of meeting some of the people who are influenced because of our attitude in work. And so we can look at all of the opportunities that we have. And remember, some of us aren't working for pay at a job, but we're still working. So remember, whatever the work is that we're doing, let's remember that if we do it for the Lord, that's his way of redeeming us and our work from that curse that is so real. And those of you that have gardens, you experience it this summer. That curse is still on. It's still happening. You still don't just walk out there and, 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 and pick the crops. You gotta do something. You gotta fight the rodents. You gotta fight the diseases. You gotta get the fertilizer and you gotta get the right amount of water. You gotta do all kinds of stuff because that ground has been cursed. But there's redemption in it, in all of it, as we serve the Lord while we're doing it. He has His ways and He has, again, what His rewards are going to be, we don't even know. I love the reference in the Revelation. We sang it this morning of how the, the, the 24 elders uh, surrounding the throne of God right now are taking their crowns off and laying them at his feet. You know, so even the rewards that we receive in glory, we're going to offer back to him. But you know what else we're going to be doing in glory? Look at Revelation 22, a picture of where we're headed, of where, of where we're going. Revelation 22. Verse 1, Revelation 22, 1. This is the Apostle John. It says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Down the middle of the great street of the city, on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants will serve Him. Work. Even in glory, we will have the privilege of serving Him. Working for Him. In whatever responsibilities, whatever assignments he chooses to give us, we will be able to do so, and there will be no curse. There, there, will, there will be no dusty, sweaty kid saying, I'm a slave. It'll be glorious, like it was intended to be, like it can be today for those of us who are willing to follow the Lord's lead in redeeming the work. And if you don't know what I'm talking about this morning, if you haven't put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, he said this in John chapter 6, verses 28 and 29. When someone asked him, or excuse me, 27 27 to 29. When somebody asked him what is the work that God requires, he said, this is the work that God requires. 
to believe. To believe. That's what we're doing. That's what, that's what enables us to redeem the work. That's what enables us to look forward to an eternity of serving the Lord, of meeting people that, that have been influenced by the work that we've done. To believe in God and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the work. And if you haven't done that work yet, if you haven't put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ... I would encourage you this morning, as the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I would beg of you, I'd implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Get right with God by believing in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And after you enter into that relationship with God through faith in Jesus, He will redeem your life, every aspect of it, including your work. And I didn't mention, as I mentioned in the children's message, that even includes the work of marriage. And some of you are thinking, I need God to redeem that work in my life, in our lives. Maybe some other relationships. I need God to redeem those relationships, the work of those relationships in my life. He will do that. But it starts with Him redeeming you as an individual, putting your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one who redeems us from that curse. Not only the curse of work, the negative aspects of work, but also the curse of death. Because death entered the world when sin entered the world. And those of us who put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ will never experience that eternal death. Once we die from these bodies, we will be eternally resurrected to share in His glory for all eternity. That is the redemption that starts it all. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank You on this Labor Day that there is good work for us to do and that all of it all of it can bear fruit that will last if we do it for You. And Father, we thank you that the work that you require of us before we start doing all that other work is to believe. To believe in you and your son, the one you sent, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray for any who are um, here with us or online with us who haven't yet believed We pray that you would give them the courage and the faith and the desire to believe in Jesus, to receive him, to say, yes, I believe what your word says, God, about your son, that he lived a perfect life, that he died on the cross for the sins of all mankind, including mine. And he gives life to everyone who believes, who everyone, to everyone who receives him. Father, give people today the faith and the courage to say that. And Father, for those of us who have already done that, who have already entered into that relationship, help us to live our lives, including our work lives, 
for your glory. Serving not just our bosses, not just our companies, not just our church, not just our families, but more importantly, serving none other than the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that we will be serving for all eternity. Redeem our work, we pray, for your glory. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.